I am your host, Ryan Black, and I am joined by my co-host, Joshua Taylor, and we are back, and we are playing with power. Josh, how are you doing this week? We are doing not so bad this week. It is good to be back. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, I'm uh, still fighting COVID, um, but as you can probably tell, my voice is uh, a little better, and I'm not, I'm not like, death right now. So I'm on the yeah. on the upswing. I got a second COVID test today, and we'll find out if I'm positive or negative still. And and I still have some symptoms, so I can't really be around Draco at all yet. But hopefully that'll happen soon. Uh, soon enough, I'll be able to be in the general population again. I've been quarantined in my attic. Luckily, my recording <laughs> space is up here, so uh, it's not too too much of a challenge with that. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, just hanging in there. Uh, <laughs> lots yeah. to radical Monster radical in the attic about. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> lots to radical wrecks about. And uh, it's only fitting that we uh, do an episode on uh, sickness in, in uh, Nintendo games and video games. Uh, so uh, I figured, uh, why not? Since I'm uh, I'm I'm sick still, uh, why not I be the host for this and uh, you know kind of uh, take <laughs> us into this? But before we get into that topic, let's go ahead and talk about we, what we are radical Rexin about. Okay, Josh, what you got for us this week? All right. Well, before I mention that, I'm a little bit disappointed. I could not find a nice 8-bit rendition of Down With The Sickness for this episode. I was pretty disappointed with that. Uh, now, with Radical Rexing right now, the first thing I have to mention is Banjo-Kazooie, of course, coming to the Switch via the Nintendo Switch Online app. I know not everybody's crazy over that. We're on with the family plan, so it's pretty easy to handle. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just super happy to have that back. Yeah, I have it on the 64, my Xbox, whatever. But... It's cool to have that original N64 version back, especially as a big fan, because you know all the little differences and stuff. And I've got the mm-hmm. N64 controller for the Switch. Um, it just feels great. I, I didn't have much time to play it this evening, but um, sat down with my daughter and I had her. She pretty much just learned on the moves from bottles at the beginning, and that was about all we had time for. But <laughs> looking forward to diving into that. I, I don't know how many times I've played it before, but this feels right to have it back on a Nintendo system. Um, mm-hmm. along with that, we, um, we've been getting a lot into board games kind of on and off. I feel like recently, especially like since Christmas, we got a couple and we've just kind of like been in that vein for a little bit. We have a game night almost every week. Um, depends on what's going on, um, at my cousin's house with a good handful of people, but we've been playing them at our house some as well. Um, I actually just opened another new one, um, this evening it is called simply A Visit to Walt Disney World, and it is a 1972 game, but it's like a remake of it. Like, they reprinted it, but it looks like exactly like it did then. So it's right up my alley. It's definitely like a family game. We had some good fun with it this evening, but, you know, I'm all about that. You, we had to—there was a lot of assembly required. Uh, kudos to my mm-hmm. wife, who mostly put it together. But, you know, it's got like the little—you had to punch out the little cardboard pieces. I can't really show you, you know, people listening, but— I just, I I like that kind of thing. (laughs) And I like the history of all that. Um, Let's see, other nerdy stuff. um, Boba Fett. I have been Mm -hmm. enjoying that show. I I feel like a lot of people, it's been a little hit and miss. But I I forget who said this. Somebody on Twitter um, said this, and I feel like it's a good way to describe it. It's kind of like a side quest kind of show and i think it's kind of what it's supposed to be (laughs) like it's not necessarily the main game like the mandalorian would be or something but it very much kind of feels like a side story which is pretty much what it's supposed to be had some fun world building it's a little slower but i've appreciated it so that has been cool um i've been pretty spoiled with the mcu stuff last year and a little bit of star wars here and there so yeah that's gone that has gone quite well i have used my disney plus subscription (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah um Really, outside of that, I guess, like, on a more personal kind of level, I've been um, trying to get sort of some help with some things. Uh, I've been working somewhat on, I might have mentioned this somewhat before, I won't go too much into it, but sort of like a kid's book that I've just been kind of wanting to write for a while and have some fun with it, just just for something to do, really. And I feel like I'm making some progress there, finally trying to take some steps forward with that, and just some other things um, that... I think are starting to turn around. I hope um, we won't go there, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, which is actually a pretty decent bit of stuff. I think that's it. What do you have going on, Ryan? Cool. Other than uh, being uh, frozen up in the attic. 
Well, um, <laughs> so I am mostly caught up on MCU now. Um, the sickness I've, you know, being quarantined, not doing much. I've been just pretty much binging uh, Disney Plus and Netflix shows and getting caught up with, with all the Marvel stuff that I've been uh, behind on. You know, I, was, I hadn't even seen Infinity War. Um, that's where I left off was right before Infinity War. And I kind of shotgun through everything. Um, I still have some X-Men movies to watch and some Spider-Man movies to watch, um, including the newest Spider-Man. Um, but I did go ahead and, you know, see The Eternals when it came out last week. And, and um, I'm pretty much caught up. Um, I got caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. And I'm working my way through Season 3 of Daredevil. Uh, season 2 was really hard to get through for me, so I actually started that a long time ago and kind of picked it back up, you know, during this sickness and was able to slowly get through it. As long as I was doing something else in the background, it was a little easier to get through because there's a lot of gore and just a lot of intense scenes. So, um, but, you know, I, I got through that and I'm still not sure if I'm going to try to go for all the spinoffs and try to go through all their seasons with like, you know, the Defenders and, and their individual shows. But, um, you know, I got a good chunk of the Marvel TV stuff uh, knocked out. And of course, I saw all the stuff that Disney Plus had to offer um, aside from, you know, X-Men. But uh, yeah, I have to see Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then um, the basically I saw the first uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, but I haven't seen anything after that for Spider-Man. I haven't seen any of the uh, Venom or or the Venom and Carnage movies, so I still have to see those. But I'm mostly caught up on those now, so that's pretty cool. I can talk to people about that again. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I did just get uh, a few days ago. I just got Oculus Quest 2. And uh, I was actually watching Netflix on that and uh, just kind of experiencing VR. And it's pretty cool. Um, I like it a lot. I still have some adjustments to make on it and, and figure out what's comfortable, especially with wearing glasses. But I found out if I put my glasses in first and then uh, put the headset on, it, it fits a little better than than it having the glasses you know, smushed up against my face otherwise. So I got to still figure that one out. But I guess they have prescription lenses you can order as well. But it also makes it a little less user-friendly for other people, you know, if you do it that way. So... I'm still going to figure out what to do with that, but, you know, I've got that, and uh, I'm pretty excited with that. And then um, a big one that happened was uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! released uh, their Master Duel app, and it's free to play. And uh, and I'm really surprised at how easy it is to unlock cards and get the cards that I have IRL and and the decks that I want to build. And it's pretty free in the beginning, getting a lot of, like, gems and things without, like, paying for anything. And there's, like, missions and stuff you can fulfill to get more gems and... And there's also some story mode stuff. Um, you can kind of find like the story behind the archetypes of different card types in the game, um, and that's some background stuff that's never really explored. It's usually stuff story about the show and, and everything, but it never really talks about like backgrounds. There's like entire storylines that that go on um, just in the card art and stuff, and you can see where these characters over the years at Yu-Gi-Oh have ended up in different cards and different forms and how they've grown and and you know. It's kind of cool to see those stories, but now it's actually taking those stories and, and giving them some background and some, some like, you know, some forward motion and kind of explain, like, these these characters fought these characters. And, and it's really kind of cool seeing those stories that were always kind of unspoken, um, never really written down. But now it's kind of something you can experience now, uh, which is something they haven't really done in Yu-Gi-Oh! before. And I'm really happy that they're doing that. And it's very accessible. Um, not the most... Uh, I guess fluid um, version on Switch is a little, little jittery, but you can play it without any Joy-Con whatsoever. Just use the touch screen like a tablet. Um, I'm all here for that. Um, 100%. You don't have to have any controller connected or anything. Uh, so that works for me. Uh, the touch touch is still not perfect, but um, I think over time it'll get better. So I'm pretty excited about that one. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm actually about. It's been been a a good bit since uh, we've recorded and, and talked about things. So um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I've got Pokemon coming out in a couple weeks. Um, uh, my mom asked me if there's any games that I wanted. Uh, she wanted to get me a game for my birthday, so she pre-ordered that for me. So I'll be getting that Pokemon uh, Legends game and uh, see how that is. I'm also thinking about getting that uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, collection uh, when it comes out um, on Feb- in February, but uh, just got to figure that one out, figure if I can even get the funds together. So, But, you know, I was able to work a ho- couple holidays at work, and, and I got some gift cards, and so I was able to get the Oculus, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, just uh, using, using what I can uh, and uh, just trying to bide my time until the sickness is over. <laughs> I'm ready to be out. I'm getting a little stir-crazy. 
I am sure. Uh, but I will say it's still affecting me quite a bit. Like I've got a cough and um, I've also just, just in general, like today I went out to go get tested and I was just exhausted when I got back. Like I felt like I'd run all day or something, you know, like spent a whole day like Kings Island or something like just completely exhausted. It was like, man, this has like been two weeks since I've had this and it still affected me that much. It's kind of crazy, but um, I'm ready mm-hmm. for it to be over and hopefully it doesn't have any lasting effects on me, but I did get my taste and smell back, so I'm really thankful for that. And, uh, you know, just uh, just hanging in there. time for us to get into the topic of the show um before we get into it um we do have some voicemails on the topic um we are going to be covering uh sickness in video games and um just that could be general uh sickness poison maladies um mental illness things like that um it's kind of open open to interpretation there um and it doesn't necessarily have to be within the video game itself maybe it's externally uh with people who play in the games um but we'll go ahead and get into that let me go ahead and queue up the first voicemail um, it looks like both of our other co-hosts, Jacob and Chris, have uh, have, have uh, called in. So here we go. Yo, 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 yo. It's me, Jacob. Guys. Oh, I mean, guys, it's me, Jacob. Called in on the sick episode. Got a call in um, about viruses and about, um, yeah, getting sick and people who are sick and and, uh, video games. Um, well, something that comes to mind, I think, is Boggy, or no, not Boggy, sorry, uh, the hippo from Banjo-Tooie. He runs the hamburger shop at Witchy World, and, uh, he's always sneezing and coughing all over your food. Um, so this, I think of him when I think about viruses and sickness and video games. And, uh, oh, and Resident Evil, of course. She's like the king of all sickness games. Um, I think it all, everything in that, I think it all broke out. <laughs> it might have, was it a virus or was it a vaccine? If it was a vaccine, well, then everybody should be scared right now. Just saying, uh, you never know what's in those things. Because of Resident Evil, you know. But, um. Anyways, I can't be on tonight. Sorry, but I wanted to call in sick and just talk. That has nothing to do with that Banjo-Kazooie. It's finally released on Nintendo Switch um, on Nintendo for the first time since, like, 2000 on a home console. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I swear, I'm not calling off because that is up tonight. I promise. I promise. I, I, I a <laughs> likely story. <laughs> he t- he actually took one of my. I did not put them in for this episode, but I almost mentioned. He mentioned uh, Big Al's Burgers from Banjo Tooie. That's a pretty good one. It's kind of disgusting, and it also kind of reminds me. No, I won't say that. I was. I'll, I'm going to ruin this for somebody. I was going to say it kind of reminds me of my days of working at Burger King. But uh, don't worry, we weren't we weren't that dirty. Well, we all know that that uh, fast food workers will have to work to make ends meet, even if they're sick. So, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, not the greatest to talk about, but it's it's out there. <laughs> Big Al had to do what he had to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, our next one is from Chris. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Chris. Uh, hope you're doing really well, um, and hope that our listeners are doing really well as well. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, sorry I couldn't be with you tonight. Um, I did come up with a few examples of uh, illness in video games. So uh, a couple of my favorite examples so far are uh, Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, which is basically a whole game based on disease uh, inside Bowser's body. So 
I just think it's really interesting. And keep in mind, I haven't played the game, but I kind of understand the concept. Um, Mario and Luigi have to, like, team up inside Bowser's body uh, to, like, solve puzzles and advance the story. And not just that, but they have to work with their environment, which happens to be Bowser, uh, in order to advance the story. So I really like that a lot. Um, in addition, in Wario Land 4, uh, you get stung by a bee, which causes you to swell up, but it's kind of a good thing because that gives you, like, a new ability. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting, too. And uh, Eternal Darkness. So, you know, when we think of illness, we think of, like, viruses and stuff, but me- mental illness is also a thing. So uh, that's definitely a game that kind of touches on, like, hallucinations and stuff like that. So those are a few examples that I could come up with. Um, just as a bonus, I thought of, like, the Trauma Center games. So uh kind of hope that they bring those back at some point. But have a great show, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye now. Some good picks by both of them. I, I like that, uh, you know, you know, calling out to the Wario getting stung and then also just the call out general to uh, mental illness. Um, I, I like that uh, that theme. Uh, it's definitely definitely kind of what we were thinking when we came up with our topics was just like, like where does sickness appear in video games? Um, and I know that there's whole studies out there saying like, oh, these characters have these mental like illnesses or they have, you know, these various uh things that are going on with them but you know it's kind of an interesting topic to explore and get into and get into the weeds with um but you know there's just you know run-of-the-mill sickness you can get um there's there's and it's not just sickness of the mind or like sickness of like you know the throat and the chest and the congestion and everything and colds um it's also sickness like injuries that you can get um whether it's you know getting wee elbow or tennis elbow uh, from playing uh, Wii Bowling too much and uh, <laughs> swinging that racket a little too hard, you know, for Wii Sports. You know, that's that's something that's been a pretty a pretty big thing that's hit the news. Um, video game sickness, if you will. Um, and it's kind of cool to see just... Um, it's not just in the games you play, but in the world around you. Um, you know, being sick, I've been able to play a lot of video games too. And it's kind of cool to just have this time... And maybe you have some nostalgic memories as well. And hopefully this episode kind of stirs those nostalgia, you know, moments for you. Like you're sick, you know, hiding under the covers, playing your Game Boy with a little flashlight or worm light maybe. Or, you know, having your 3DS out and your stylus and, and, and you're, between coughs you're tapping the screen as fast as you can on a Wario game or whatever it could be. Like it's just, right. it's such a, it's a, such a thing to have some nostalgia there, even in the, the sick times when we're down and out. And uh, so that is what this episode is all about. Josh, uh, do you want to bring your first pick? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to start on a little lighthearted here. <laughs> Honestly, like you had mentioned some before, um, there's some like kind of silly ways to go about this. And there's some that maybe hits home a little more. Um, and that's kind of there's a couple in mind that I kind of poked at things that that I've dealt with even. Um, but yeah, I'm actually going to start off with a little quick one here. And I'll say it's sort of all encompassing of Dr. Mario as a series. <laughs> um, so the viruses and all of that, but more specifically, maybe Dr. Mario 64. Um, if you played the story mode in that, I, I kind of find it. I, I don't know. why. I almost find it kind of funny how they treat these. Me- I think it was mega vitamins. Um, apparently it is flu season. So they, they do actually point out. I had to go back. I was thinking it was just like they just cured anything and everything, but I think it's just specifically the flu. But basically it is flu season and he, Dr. Mario gets his uh, mega vitamins stolen and Wario wants to get them. The scientist wants to get them mostly all because of the money. Like, well, not Dr. Mario. He's actually trying to fix people, but Wario is to, to me, it's almost like a, I don't know if that's the right term for it. Almost like a pharmaceutical company or something. <laughs> It's like he just wants to go get these and sell them. And Dr. Mario is trying to do the right thing. I almost feel like there's like a deeper message in that game. And for some reason, I found that kind of funny. Um, but that and also we just haven't really got to talk about Dr. Mario just yet. And he felt strangely fitting for this episode. So he had to come up once. Um, but yeah, that was that's more specifically the one I was thinking of or the instance um, is is in that story mode since they sort of point out what it, what they're actually used for. Um, it's 
it doesn't go much deeper than that, I wouldn't say, but I figure that was a nice, safe place for us to start out, if nothing else. Yeah, it's a good one to kick us off. Um, you know, with with sickness, there is um, there's a lot of things that can go into just keeping general health um, going when playing video games. Um, there's a lot of fitness things out there. You know, there's the the balance board, and uh, you've got your your Wii Fit, and then you've got your Ring Fit Adventure for exercise. And there's a bunch of other ones out there that keep you active and moving. Um, but there's also some negative side effects to that. Um, and I just kind of wanted to cover it. I, I talked a bit about in the intro a little bit, um, but just general, um, things that have come from Nintendo's, um, greatness, um, that have been kind of drawbacks, um, whether it's, you know, putting, putting notices in games. Um, there's the infamous Pokemon episode, um, with what caused seizures. Um, there's, you know, motion sickness, um, from certain video games. Um, especially if it's a first person shooter, a lot of people can't do those actually. And, uh, they, they have to take like medicine or wear like C bands or something to even, even look at a screen that, that has first person view, um, and just kind of just general emotion. But, um, you know, and even a big mark in Nintendo's history, a, a big negative mark was just the Virtual Boy with the motion sickness and the terrible, terrible migraines that you could get for some people. Mm-hmm. And just um, it wasn't it was a lot of eye strain and it wasn't great on the brain um, and just for people's general health. Um, and that's kind of a negative one to lead off with. But it's also very prevalent. Um, you know, there's the, the, the Wii elbow, the, the, the tennis elbow. And then there's also like I don't know if anyone else has gotten this. Uh, you probably have, but playing on the NES back in the day and playing on the 64, you know, there's the whole Mario Party, like, doing the, the joystick thing, tearing up your hand. Um, there's actually a term. Uh, it's it's called um, gamer's grip or a Nintendo thumb or a Nintendo-nitis. Um, and it's basically just you, you go in town on that D-pad on the, the NES controller or whatever, and it starts to wear, like, blisters and, and uh, you know, like, holes in your hands and things like that. And um, it's just, it's kind of interesting that, like, you know, you're dedicated to the trade and you're training yourself and you're playing a lot and you want to get better at your games, but um, you got to take care of your body, too, um, and make sure that, that you're, you're taking precautions and taking some time to sit out and relax and rest. And, and Nintendo's taking some big leaps in that just to tell you, like, if you're playing 3DS, like, maybe you should rest your eyes. Maybe you should stop playing for a while if you're playing on your, <laughs> you know, your Labo VR like I said, maybe you should take a break, you know, and they, they try to be really mindful of, of health and so that you don't overdo it. And I know it's annoying, but it's also there to help you and, and keep you from getting sick. And uh, it's kind of just a shout out in general to Nintendo's been there and they want to make sure that you're healthy and uh, doing things the right way instead of hurting your body. So. All right, Josh, uh, what's your second pick for us? Um, yeah, I will say, actually, on, on your last entry there, I didn't sure. think of it from that direction. Um, one thing in particular else that just kind of comes to mind, I guess, with Mario Party still being somewhat on the brain, we still <laughs> go back to it, is that whole, I don't know if it really counts so much as a sickness as it does an injury <laughs> from from playing um, from playing a game the wrong way is when people would take the palm of their hand and, like, rub it up against the stick and they had to send out all those gloves. I guess in a way that's kind of a lot like um, like playing your 3DS too long. Um, it's sort of like a self-induced, like, physical issue you can cause if you're not careful. Um, that, that's kind of the first thing that came to mind, though, with that one. Uh, I will say with, with my next one, I'll go ahead and jump more into a little bit more of a, well, yeah, a bit more of a serious one. Um, and I'm going to try my best not to, like, spoil everything about this game. Um, so it's about, uh, I don't know if you've ever played it, Ryan. But it is from Child of Light. Um, it's like it's an RPG game. It's I, I forget exactly how this is set up. I, I kind of would consider it an indie, but I think it's published by Ubisoft. I, I, I'm not sure what the technical term for that would be. But anyhow, it is on the Switch now. I think it came out in 2014 originally or something. Um, and I, I, I would definitely recommend it. It's uh, it's got a really pretty story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Really beautiful story. The artwork's great. Um, I actually had played it on the plane when I was on the way to Germany and on the way back, um, sometimes at night and things like that. So I kind of tied a lot of those memories together at that trip. But uh, yeah, in that story, um, the main girl's name is Aurora. Uh, Again, I won't go into the whole thing. I don't want to spoil necessarily everything just in case. But um, basically, she it seems like she dies 
um, according, at least according to everybody around her, um, her her mom was already gone. Um, I believe she lived with her stepmom and her dad. Long story short, here, and it it seemed like she was dead. Um, her her dad, everybody thought she was dead. While she was off in this other world, so eventually, her uh, throughout this story, um, her dad in particular starts to get very very depressed to the point where it basically kills him. Um, but it's again, I'm trying to kind of dance around some spoilers here, but it, it's it was one of those things that kind of got me thinking in particular of how like fragile everything can be, and you know myself struggling with depression as it is, and you know I've I've been really trying to get out of that. Um, it's I don't want to say it's almost scary, but you know, it, I guess it kind of hit home, especially where I have a daughter myself and ended up like really destroying this dude in that story. Um, but also this guy was completely alone. Like he didn't have anybody else. The, yeah, I'll ruin part of the story if I go there, <laughs> but it just sort of really got me thinking. And if you ever get the chance, at least try to, um, I wish I could pull it up on my phone, but Try to get through that story and listen to the credits of that song or of that game as well. It always kind of manages to almost tear me up. <laughs> but that one in particular just kind of hit hard. And how how uh, the right term here, I guess, how scary or how tough it can be to deal with just either loss and or depression, like in general, and what it can do to somebody. So I know that one's a little more serious and not as fun, but that one just sort of caught me, I think, uh, maybe at the right time. So that one stuck with me in particular. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I love it when they take the lessons um, with mental illness and just struggles in general um, to heart and put that into video games and address those issues because for so long in our history, it just has gone untalked about and been unexplored. Um, and it has a negative connotation in a lot of ways, um, but I find a lot of beauty in it and in a broken mind, um, moving towards healing and finding ways to cope and to become stronger um, and just get better. And it's it's kind of cool. And, and people can get stuck in that for a long time. Um, but it's awesome to go through those journeys with video game characters and see them, you know, become better and, and, and reach better places in their lives and, and, and come out on top on the end. Um, and it's just really cool to know that, like, even if you have, like, a struggle with, with mental health, um, or maybe you just have some general, like, your brain works a little bit differently, um, and because of that, you may be more prone to, uh, you know, bouts of depression or what have you, um, that you can, like, work through those and get to better places um, and find ways, tools to help you um, just get out of those bad spots, and it's really cool to see that and explore that within a video game space. In fact, countless times they've won video games have won awards, even game of the year awards for that. I know like Hellblade was a big one that, that got a lot of recognition um, just because of, of the topics that it covered. And that seems to be a really, really cool thing to see um, that become a, take a spotlight um, and, and help people in general start working towards better, better health. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. And, and it's not, something to be swept under the rug, but something to, to recognize and, and to work through. Um, you don't want to get stuck with that too long because it can start to really break you down. And uh, so it's kind of cool just mm -hmm. to know that there are topics out there. Now you can actually experience them and learn and, and learn life lessons even uh, on how to, how to, you know, get to a better place in life. Very, very cool. Um, not all um, sicknesses are bad <laughs> in video games. Um, my next topic is all about a certain little virus that you can get in a, in a game with pocket monsters. <laughs> uh, that's right, uh, the pokerus. Uh, the pokerus is a a a disease, a, a virus that you can catch. Um, your Pokemon can catch it. It's rarer than finding a shiny if you get it. Um, but if the Pokemon does get it, um, they uh, get double the effort value. So if you take out a Pokemon. Um, that gives you one point of some sort of stat effort value, um, you'll get two points instead. So it doubles what you would normally get benefit from a battle um, and helps your Pokemon grow more when they have it. And it's, it's temporary. Um, if you, 
if you you know save your game and come back the next day, it could be gone. Um, but it can also has the has a potential to infect other other Pokemon in your party as well. So you could eventually have if you keep switching out Pokemon in this in the slot next to it, you can eventually get you know them all all infected by the virus and get better values. Um, and when the the infection passes, that Pokemon will never get the infection again. They're immune, but they also carry the double effort value. Really a status condition that you can cure or anything, and putting them in the Pokemon Center doesn't really fix that. Um, if you do put them in a box, they'll hold on to the Pokerus um, indefinitely until you, you know, withdraw them and have them in your party and what have you. Um, but you can break them out and try to infect other Pokemon um, and get them the double values as well. So it's a tool that you can use. Um, it's kind of weird to have that be a positive thing when uh, negative sickness is usually negative. Um, but, you know, just in general, like, people have been able to use sicknesses to find cures for things and other things. And it's it's kind of cool. Um, that they put a mechanic in a game. Um, I think it started in second generation of Pokemon um, where you can like they can get sick, but it's also like a good thing if they can get sick. Um, it's not like poison in Pokemon, you know, where they lose life or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of overall a general, like just, um, I guess, a health booster in a way. <laughs> uh, helps them grow better, uh, grow stronger, which is kind of a cool idea. Uh, have you ever had any Pokerus uh, effects in Pokemon games, Josh? Or are you not a big Pokemon player still? I mean, I've I've played a decent bit of Pokemon here and there. I really didn't get into it really until the last ten years or so. It, it's funny to say that with being in it, like basically every other Nintendo franchise. Um, I'm not sure if I could tell you if I have or not off the top of my head. Um, and I'd have to think about that. I'd almost have to go back, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of interesting that they can't get it again. Um, it's it's interesting that um, they can only get it the once, and, and it's basically once they've caught that, it's kind of... Yeah. You gain an immunity to it, and it won't happen again. Um, and I guess you could say, like, there could even be like different strains based on the generation and how they, they behave. Um, I think they try. Um, and that idea on like longevity and how it all works and stuff. There's at like Pokemon and in most of their systems, there's a lot of math and stuff and, and logic going on in the background on how they figure out damage and things like that. And th this poker thing is kind of no exception either. Um, and it's just kind of cool. Um, that they put that much thought into something that's it's very very low key. You don't really see it. It's very hidden. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a cool cool thing to bring to the table for for sickness of video games. Yeah, and it's something that really like impacts the gameplay from the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. So it's more yeah. it's it's a little different. It's just like a story aspect or something. Yeah. It's it's kind of cool for raising your Pokemon, and it's a, it's a cool tool if you do get it. And I know I've I've had it in I think three or four games now, and it's just exciting to see. I have to look that up or something because it didn't sound real familiar. <laughs> like maybe I'm just ignorant of it, but yeah, I'm not sure if I've ever dealt with that. I don't think I've ever seen an episode where they touched on it in Pokemon, like the anime. But I'm kind of yeah. curious to see an episode if they do have one like that. <laughs> hmm. And I would not know. Well. Um, my next one here, and I'm probably going to pronounce part of this wrong, I always thought was really under-explained, which, again, this is like the series I'm getting ready to talk about is not super, super deep anyway. <laughs> um, and you're going to kind of laugh at me here because I'm kind of going not completely outside the Nintendo box here because this was first experienced by me on a Nintendo system. Um, this originated in Sonic Adventure 2. Um, you hear about a little more in Shadow the Hedgehog and maybe some other places here and there. But basically, it is what Maria Robotnik has. It is called Neuroimmune Deficiency Syndrome. Okay? So, so like, the abbreviation of that would be NIDS. Um, they seem to describe it, um, at least kind of researching it more, it seems to be close to something based on, like, HIV, but it doesn't really seem to be exactly that. Um, yeah, so, so basically the story behind that was 
Um, she was diagnosed with it, I guess, at a young age somehow, and she had to live on that space colony arc while her grandfather tried to work on a, well, not only a cure to that, he was working on Project Shadow, as it was called, um, and sort of like a a way of keeping her from, from dying or, or making her immune to that, sort of taking that away from her. Um, uh, it's, uh, I really try to dig into it, and it's like everywhere you sort of research the lore <laughs> of, of Sonic and all of that, as silly as that sounds. Um, there wasn't a whole lot on it other than like it, it's a disease that seemingly affects the nervous system, likely the brain while weakening the immune system. Um, well, basically by, well, I'm getting a little scientific there, be reducing a person's antibody count, making them more susceptible to other diseases. I actually read that part off and I'm terrible at saying that word. Uh, but I, I guess really going off of like the game, or the games and the the Sonic X show and, you know, just the little things like that where it's been referenced. It just seems to make you really weak. And apparently it will eventually kill you. Uh, now, in pretty much every form of media, I guess, be it the comics or the games or the show, um, she does not die from that, but she ends up getting shot by a gun soldier um, as she's trying to help Shadow escape the arc. Um, that's a whole other part of the story. But it was just, it was one of those things where it's like, it felt very underexplained. But then, like, if you look it up, like, I don't even know if they mentioned that in the game, what it's called. And then for whatever reason, like, I, I don't know if it was like an instruction booklet or that kind of thing. Um, it, it really does have like this real life name. And it's like they're on the verge of sort of explaining it more. But it's just sort of, sort of there. Like, you know, she's sick. You don't really know what it is, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's fine. <laughs> she doesn't die from it anyway. Yeah, I wish she would have survived, but, you know, that would have been a very different story, I think, in a lot of ways. But I don't know, maybe maybe the same things would have played out. Um, but, yeah, good pick. Excellent pick. It's where they need, like, a what-if of, of Sonic. <laughs> as cheesy as that could be. Kind of like they did at the Marvel series recently. I want to know what would happen. <laughs> as weird as it is to see Sonic and... and IRL video game characters look IRL looking video game characters. Um, I think they did a pretty good job with everything. Um, having like you know the hedgehogs you know, work alongside people and and have like a human interaction with them and, and very personable and and even Shadow had a, a, a you know several times he mentioned Maria and has a connection to her and I think that's kind of cool that that they, they have you know they have a relatable connection um, across different creatures i guess they are um you know and you got to see that in the sonic movie as well um it's the first one uh where you know yeah. they end up in the worlds end up crossing and it's kind of cool to see that where they're they're thriving and and even uh building relationships with people and uh you know having friendships and stuff so yeah uh, so i think it's time to get into the next pick that i've got here um so I, um, I I wasn't really sure how to present this one. Um, it's kind of a it's a sickness that was brought on due to it was a scientific sickness. Um, it was a experimentation um, to see what would happen if um, if poison were to be taken into the body. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, in Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Um, there is a a bit of side lore that you can explore um, in one area, one level in the game, um, where each time you go back, it's a it's a different part. Like it progresses, like harder enemies and things like that. But also some things change in the background. You'll find hidden notes, and you'll get letters from some characters, um, and you start getting these hints of this story. That's the side story that's going on. Um, where there's this Selkie um, called Denam that uh, started trying to figure out how to live with miasma that was surrounding the whole world, and you had to have special crystals to repel the miasma, which was like you breathe that you pretty much died, um, and it, it caused, caused blight over the land and, and things that it touched um, wherever the crystals weren't shining. And um, he was determined to find a way to live with it, and so he started going to the... Uh, Kanal Karach, um, 
level and uh, started in, in the marshy lands there and started uh, slowly drinking the water and, and uh, doing a little bit at a time. Um, it was really painful for him, um, but he kept, you know, kept going at it and kept uh, taking regular doses, essentially, uh, to see what would happen. And over time, you see him start to like struggle with it. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling fine. Um, but then after a while, he just kind of drops off the face of the earth. And one of the letters that you get is very broken English. Um, there's almost like some hisses and stuff going on in there. And then um, ultimately, um, the sickness um, overtook him. And there's an enemy that you take down. Um, one of the one of the, the third playthroughs, or the third or fourth playthroughs after the story arc is started, um, you'll actually defeat one of the enemies there. And it'll drop a letter or like a bandana that he wears and um, it lets you know that, that that's what he became. He basically became a monster because he was, you know, drinking the poison and uh, getting sicker and sicker and uh, eventually converted him into a, uh, an enemy. Uh, so it kind of suggests that maybe people who, who do fall to the miasma do become monsters, and they could have been people at one point in time. Um, it's hard to say, um, but, you know, he was experimenting in the name of science to, to come up with a way to survive on miasma and not have to worry about crystals anymore. Um, when ultimately it just ended up being like that was his downfall, and that was kind of the story of how monsters are created in that world um, through the miasma. It was kind of a cool uh, kind of side mission telling of that. Um, it's a very very sad story, um, but you know you kind of want to be friends with him. You want to ke- you know cheer him on and, and okay. see. How, hopefully he finds a way. But ultimately it was for all for naught, and uh, it, it's it's a bit sad. But there's a lot of really really sad and uh heavy moments in final fantasy crystal chronicles when you play it but it's actually pretty surprising but not so surprising for final fantasy i suppose with their good story writing so hmm. i wouldn't have, have done anything that? about that <laughs> yeah that, that one's totally new to me but it does sound very compelling from a story standpoint um and we'd sort of be rooting for 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 him <laughs> For for all of the victims not to get killed, uh, despite what they they've sort of turned into. Yeah, he was really really clinging on to that idea that you know he was going to live and uh, you know be able to live in the asthma and and find a way to beat it. And uh, right. you know sometimes they don't always work out that way. Um, but it was it was um, it was a chronicle of a, a a scientist a scholar's journey to figure things out and. Uh, yeah, chronicle. Um, it's it's a little sad. It, it, yes, exactly. It's a little sad just because like their race was an outcast race anyway, and so they didn't really have a home to call their own. Uh, so if he if he did find a way to to live off, you know, be able to survive with the miasma eventually, like they could have found their own place and not have to worry about having a crystal there. They could go wherever they wanted and build their kingdoms or what have you. So just there's kind of some stories there that are kind of interesting and, and interwoven uh, for that. All right, I think we are on to our last picks. Uh, Josh, do you have a fourth? Yeah, so I bounced around on a couple on here. Um, I I sort of wanted to go a different direction, something I had already tackled, but I ended up sort of circling back around. Um, I don't want to sound sort of depressing here. Um, I guess it's just, you know, it's one of those things. You deal with it, you can't really help but but notice it when you see it. if if you've ever heard of it, I recently played through an indie game called Figment. And no, I didn't just play through it because of the purple dragon at Epcot, if you know who that is. Um, that is a complete coincidence. Uh, it has nothing to do with buckets. it. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Somebody out there might know what you're talking about. Good gosh. Um, anyhow, <laughs> so this story, again, I, I won't really like going into spoilers with it. I don't think I really will be poking at that quite as much as I might have been a child of light. But basically, it, it starts pretty traumatic. Um, it starts with a car crash. And, it, I mean, it happens pretty quickly. And you pretty much go directly into one of the victims. It, it's never real clear, like, if it's, like, I don't know, like, whoever was driving or a kid or, a, well, it seems more like a, an adult, maybe, like, the dad or something, so to speak. Um but anyhow, you seem to sort of go like in their mind. And it, it is. It's almost like a figment of your imagination, the way it looks. It's a very sort of a colorful world. Um, but there's different sections that represent different parts of the brain, so to speak. Like there is a mm-hmm. um, there's one that's all about like time. Um, but there's also like different nightmares that you have to deal with, different problems that this person has put up with. 
Um, I'm trying to think of how that one played out in particular. One is fear, um, you know, just a constant. He's destroying this one side of his mind. One is uh, sickness. Um, I can't remember all of them, but I know in particular one of them was actually sickness itself. Um, and it it would start to change how the landscape even looked over time. Like there was the two main characters would walk in and be like, oh, this place used to look a lot better. This place used to make a whole lot more sense or something like there would be things sort of falling apart or just not much happening. Like uh, I think one was basically representing a part of the mind that was like sort of like motivation or coming up with new ideas. I believe it was. And it was like things had just sort of sat there for a long time. Like this guy had become just completely complacent. Um, he just didn't care. It was, again, sort of one of those situations where um, someone's facing depression. You don't know what they're dealing with. And it can be a very real and sort of damaging thing. And it this kind of painted a picture of that, I felt like, pretty well. Um, and you one by one sort of went through and handled each one of these problems um, until the end of the story. And it, um, I, sorry, I'm trying not to just straight up say the ending, but, <laughs> you know, basically it, it takes this, it takes this traumatic event to wake this guy up from, from where his life had ended up, from where he had let his mind go. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's one of those where it, if, if you go back and you play it or if you just sort of take a look at it, it's a little slow to like play through. It's, it's a little repetitive, but it's, it's not terrible. Um, but it just paints a really good picture. I felt like of how mentally things can, can sort of go wrong over time if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very cool. I'll have to check that one out. I think I, I want to say I saw it on for free on Google Stadia. I might, might pick that up and try it out. Uh, just to see what it's like. Um, sounds very interesting, especially since it's kind of like a an exploration of um, kind of different sections of of like you know body and mind and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of cool um, that they cover those themes and you know it's it sounds almost like it has a sort of um, maybe Link's Awakening vibe to it uh, with the ending or something maybe. Uh, but I don't know exactly what what all that is involved. But uh, definitely cool. Um, I'll have to check that one out. Okay, so uh, my last one um, actually is a game that I have fond memories for um, in more ways than one, um, just because I'm a big Metroid fan and also uh, a very big um, just kind of epic story fan in like running through like campaigns and things like that to see how, how stories progress and things and seeing these these epic battles and things like that. But I think um, one thing that, that made this a little bit more real to me was um, part of my playthrough of Metroid Prime 3, um, I was I was sick. Um, I just, just dealing with the cold. Um, but just seeing Samus in that game um, slowly uh, start becoming sick. Um, basically, she's takes in, she, she's infected or has radi- essentially a radiation sickness. It's, it's phase-on sickness. Um, that starts to take over her body and take root in her body, um, you know, being exposed to that for so long and having that as even a weapon for her to use um, starts to to deteriorate and infect her. Um, and as the game progresses, um, she gets more and more sick um, to the point where, like, you'll see, like, purple, or not purple, I guess phase on blue lines, like, running up her face like veins, and uh, her eyes start to get milky white. Um, or kind of like a, a bluish pale, like it, it's really creepy to see it um, through through the visor and that that third person, or sorry, the first person view um, when when like light, light effects and stuff illuminates her face um, and seeing the sickness and even like the death screen um, with with all of that, um, showing the progression of Samus's uh, gradual descent into to madness and and sickness. Um, there's points where she she takes off her helmet and you know just kind of throws up there right there on the spot like throws up like the phase on and and matter and stuff you can see how it's becoming a part of her body and kind of moving throughout her whole system and slowly killing her um and it's really really sad uh, to watch her you know to struggle with that and to know that she still has to keep moving forward and still has to keep fighting 
uh, and save the universe from this 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 disease, this infection, this this phase on material with Dark Samus and everything. It's an it's an intelligent, um, very 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 like highly radioactive substance um, that has taken a grip and threatening the whole universe. And um, by the end of it, like it came to the point where she had to basically eradicate the source, the whole planet, um, and to take out the the head of uh, you know Dark Samus um, that, that basically started the whole thing by taking her suit and and becoming the figurehead in a way. Um, you know, with Metroid Prime um, being this heavily experimented on Metroid that was grown uh, by you know space pirates. And uh, became a bit out of out of control for them, um, and it it took on Samus's suit and became basically the leader that kind of led this this spread of the disease. Um, it's not unlike the X in some ways, um, but a little less, um, I guess, a little less of that, like a hive mind or or like taking on DNA and stuff like that, and more just just general infection um, across the universe, almost like a zombie type thing in a lot of ways too. Um, but seeing it over three games progress and come to this head where she has to deal with it, not only out externally um, and eradicate it, but also within herself. Um, it's just, it's really, really touching moments. Um, and you really start to feel for Samus and how she feels and uh, the struggle that she goes through. Um, but she just keeps on like, like, you know, fighting and going through with all of that. And I know what it feels like to be sick and try to do things anyway, because you just have to do it. And uh, it's really, really tough, and I've got a lot of respect for her from that. And I may not have liked Metroid Prime 3 out of, out of all three of them the most, like, but I absolutely loved what, how they portrayed her and, and what she was able to put up with and, and to deal with and uh, succeed with over time, you know, defeating that enemy. So That was a particularly good one. Like, no, I'll agree with Metroid Prime 3. Like, it, it, I think on a first play that I was excited, like, well... When you first play it, like you get the little motion things, and that was super cool back during the Wii. <laughs> like that, that just that impressed me. And the first time you had motion with Samus yeah, stuff, and I was kind of cool with seeing more characters at the beginning, at least. Um, you know, it there was parts after that I weren't, I wasn't as crazy about, but yeah, it was a pretty neat way to wrap up that story, and it really did portray that uh, the phase on more as like, like you said, almost like a virus or like a zombie-ish kind of virus. Um, it, so gave us, I thought was one of the most disturbing like death scenes was if you let that corruption just like completely get out of control. Like mm-hmm. she pretty much almost like turns into like dark Samus. Um, and it mm-hmm. just like shows it happen. Um, and it, she has uh, buddies or friends, uh, bounty hunt, fellow bounty hunters that she watched slowly get taken over by right. this and lose themselves to it and tragically lose their lives. And she has to fight them. And uh, it's it's really hard to see all the the struggles that she goes. She puts up with a lot of stuff through that, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's really hard to deal with sickness, especially if you know that like you could be a danger to others and make other people sick. Um, I'm quarantined up here personally, you know, because my spouse has you know what five six different comorbidities and a weakened immune system to immunocompromised. Um, and you know, if Draco were to get COVID, that would be really, really like, we'd need a miracle, honestly. And so like when I got it, it became very real and like, it kind of took me back to that, that moment of seeing what Samus struggled through and like what she had to do to, to, you know, keep the spread from happening, keep the infection from spreading. And I'm not like going out and doing things like I'm actually sitting, you know, in quarantine, not doing anything up in my attic. Um, just trying to, to wait till the sickness passes so that my spouse can, you know, be be healthy you know and that's it's hard to go through those struggles and and i can kind of connect a little bit on on some of the struggles that sam has had oddly enough um and how other people struggle with just being sick and and needing to survive and uh, to get better and uh and then help others like shout out to everybody out there who works in hospitals and and just helping people get better um you know it's just it's really awesome uh shout out to all of everybody um, who works long hours. Um, I've got so many friends that are nurses um, working in hospitals, just trying to keep people healthy and trying to keep people, you know, keep them alive and keep them to the point to where they can get better and, uh, you know, get back to normal again. And just shout out to the, everybody like who does their part to really help. Um, it's really important. And uh, I'm really thankful for, for everybody. Um, 
whether they're gamers or not, uh, just, you know, fighting sickness and, and getting better and, and looking to, to get to better places. So get a little bit uh, emotional there, but (laughs) sure. I mean, especially during this time, a lot of things are, are floating around. I mean, you know, I I feel like I've heard a good handful of people I know particularly get COVID. I don't want to just talk about COVID, but you know, that's, that's something very real, especially for yourself right now. Um, uh, my, my own dad just got it and a, a whole side of that family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there's more than that, of course, floating around, but uh, it's it's a very real thing. And, you know, some of the stuff, I guess, that this episode is a little bit, a little bit silly, uh, maybe like, you know, when I, I brought in Dr. Mario and that kind of thing. But there's, <laughs> there's a lot of a very real things that games even sometimes have a pretty decent way of handling it if you look in the right places. Um, mm-hmm. Two of the things I mentioned, I know not everybody necessarily equate this to a regular sickness, so to speak, quote unquote, but the mental illness thing, I feel like is a very real thing that a lot of people deal with right now. Um, I've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing in particular I wanted to bring up and I try to pull it in here more than once. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you're out there fighting some kind of virus or something like, like Ryan is at the moment, um, please take care of yourself <laughs> and, and everybody around you. Um, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's, you know, your situations, you don't necessarily have to lock yourself in an attic, you know, what's going on or what, <laughs> but yeah, I completely understand what Ryan does. <laughs> so maybe you do, maybe you need to go hide in an attic too. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, again, just, I guess one more, one more quick word, I guess, on the mental, the mental illness side of things, cause it's very much something I've dealt with. If you need help with that, then very much be sure to reach out and find some help with that. I, I, I don't even know all where to begin on that one. Just find somebody to help you or find somebody else that's been through it or going through it. And just, yeah. you know, don't, don't sit around alone and get your mind going places it should be, basically. So at least from my experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely a struggle and just there, there is help out there to help you get through it. And, uh, know we wish you the best and i know that video games help us to cope with those sometimes those things sometimes sometimes they help us to escape with those things um and i'm hoping that someday we'll have we'll see some video games out there that are like gamified you know therapy Um, that would be really cool if we had some things like that um you know where it helps us get to better mental states better mental health not just you know we fit or ring fit adventure but you know mental health um, and it'd be kind of cool to see that in the future going forward and, and advancements within how video games interact with people. Um, it'd be kind of cool to see, um, you know, whether it's as silly as getting a cold and, or your neighbor's getting a cold in Animal Crossing, you have to go and get the medicine <laughs> or, you know, something a little bigger, like Super Nintendo World, you know, sickness affects your, uh, your Super Nintendo World visit because of virus, you know, <laughs> or, or just, you know, just. The little little things like head colds and and sneezing, your me's sneezing, you know, and and, and we and in like Metopia they get sick and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's some lighthearted sickness and things like that, but it can be very real. And uh, you know, it's 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 cool to see um, some human elements like this in video games. And I hope this was a pretty good episode for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it, you know took away something from this. Um, absolutely, if you get a chance, um, reach out through Nintendo Nostalgia Chat. Um, if you want to reach out through our Facebook page, um, reach out on Twitter. Let us know your favorite sick memories. Like, you know, maybe you just hold up in bed, you know, with a cough or strep throat or something. And, you, and you've been playing playing games for a couple of hours in, in between the times when you've been like just passed out because you're just feeling so, so doggone sick. And uh, I'd love to hear your memories of what, what games, what fond memories you have playing games uh, during those times when you're maybe not feeling the best. So definitely share that with us. We'd absolutely love that. For sure. That is one thing we didn't we didn't really go that direction so much. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of one in particular that stands out. But I, I know when you're sitting around sick, sometimes uh, a good video game is one of the best things you can just get yourself into. <laughs> it gives you something to focus on, gives you something to sort of do. So to speak, you're not just sitting there zoning out to a movie all day long. So, yeah, I'd like to hear those <laughs> yeah. kind of stories. There's there's some good times to be had even through the, the trouble, the struggle. <laughs> yeah, my sick uh, my, my sick game that I've mainly been playing is Super Mario 3D World. So Kyle will be happy about that one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right. Yeah. I'll go ahead and close this out if that's all right. All right. 
Um, you can find us um, on the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, Spotify. Uh, you can also find us on Amazon Podcasts, Pandora Podcasts, and you can also see us on YouTube. Um, we are on Facebook at Nintendo NOS, on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS, on our Instagram at Nintendo NOSIN. Shoot us an email at NintendoNostalgiaIN at gmail.com. And uh, you can give us a call on our Nostalgia Hotline. Share your memories and show us some love at 317-969-5690. Everyone, that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next episode. Later, Preston. See you later.